0: Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. There is life with you, not with me. Don't come looking for me. I'm safe. I'm fine. Mr. Vogel, I wouldn't normally release someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. The quarantine is eight weeks in. She's probably going to show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight through quarantine. I made a promise to your mother to ever protect you. Fourteen rules plot everybody, Wade. Remember when we all thought streaming services were the answer to cutting cable? How's that working out for everyone? Chances are you're currently subscribed to at least a handful of streaming services, and if you're anything like me, you've grown tired of seeing the same dozen or so movies rotate between the big services like Clockwork. This can lead to numerous extended sessions of aimlessly scrolling through Netflix, Prime Video, or Hulu, looking for something to watch, and time wasted scrolling is time that could be better spent being scared. But there's one free with ads streaming service that often gets overlooked, despite its wide selection of harder to find films, especially when we're talking about horror. Which of course we are. Free with ads means that there are periodic commercial breaks, but these are few and far between often lasting no longer than 90 seconds, which, in the context of a 90-minute movie, adds less than 10 extra minutes to its runtime. Not a bad price to pay for watching a free movie. Plus, you can just mute the commercials and check your phone, you know it's lying right beside you anyways. But it's TV's superior horror selection, compared even to some of the premium streaming services, that makes this my go-to for a free-with-ads platform. At any given time, the service is more than likely to have horror offerings from the 1960s all the way up to recent releases, covering all manner of horror subgenres. Given this wide range of films, I figured I would dedicate every Tuesday moving forwards with daily horror habit to a 2B TV horror offering. And for today's first installment of Tubi Tuesday, I'm highlighting director Henry Hobson's heartfelt 2015 zombie horror film Maggie, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger in a less action-focused role than we're accustomed to him playing. Schwarzenegger plays Wade, a father grappling with the reality that his daughter Maggie, played by Abigail Breslin, is dying. Maggie has been bitten by a zombie, though in this zombie world written by John Scott III, infection is a much slower beast. As a result, the film isn't so much focused on the typical, day-to-day, high-stakes survival of a zombie apocalypse. Wade and his wife Caroline, played by Jolie Richardson, aren't defending their quaint farm from hordes of the undead. Rather, the film's character-driven focus is on a father contending with the impending loss of his daughter, and protecting her from those who might try to take her from him. There's one caveat I have to address before delving into the elements of Maggie that I think make this a standout from your typical indie zombie film. Given that the virus takes weeks to turn someone into a zombie, and there is no cure, the government allows people who've been bitten to return home to wait out their death sentence. These infected individuals are supposed to report to a quarantine facility once they're close to turning into a zombie to ensure that they can be properly euthanized. This portrayal of a government response to a zombie plague is a tad naive. Even in the face of living through the COVID pandemic and there still not being a national mask mandate, the idea that the government wouldn't immediately begin euthanizing infected carriers of a zombie plague seems like a bit of a stretch. Even with the real-world experience of COVID deniers, it'd be hard for someone to deny the existence of zombies when they're seconds away from ripping off your face, you know? That said, if you can get past this element of the narrative, you're in for a more heartfelt zombie film with an especially emotionally charged performance from old Arnie. Maggie smartly focuses on how living through a zombie apocalypse affects characters, rather than placing an emphasis on zombie carnage we see how society carries on, zombie apocalypse be damned, and continues to operate, despite there seemingly being no cure or real road to recovery in sight. We see how those such as Maggie who are walking around on borrowed time are treated by others in the community. The rift this causes between people who are terrified of people like Maggie, despite the inner turmoil she herself is going through, as she must contend with what she is slowly but surely becoming. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform, or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. While Zombieland alum Abigail Breslin is no stranger to zombie films, her performance in Maggie is far more melancholic as a portrayal of a young person coming to terms with their impending mortality. There's a scene where Maggie visits with friends around a campfire, and the boy she likes, much like herself, is on borrowed time. They discuss the reality of their situation and their options. This is probably the most disturbing part of the film as the boy informs her of what is in store for the infected who report to quarantine. He says they throw us all into one big room, they don't separate people based on which infection phase they are in. Some are full blown infected, while some may have human days remaining. He reveals his solution to avoiding this fate as a bullet to the head, which surely would be less painful and traumatic than being ripped apart by fully infected humans. Overall, Breslin gives a bittersweet performance, one that plays well off of Schwarzenegger's more emotional and protective fatherly role. Schwarzenegger, who apparently loved the film's script so much he opted to do the role for free, makes the pain of a father contending with the impending death of their child palpable for the viewer. Several scenes in which Arnie recalls anecdotes from Maggie's childhood strikes at the heart of the notion that towards the end, we begin to think about the beginning. Whether it's recalling the past or the father-daughter bonding over Caroline's poorly cooked apocalypse meal, the role highlights an uncommon side of Schwarzenegger's acting range. Through Schwarzenegger's character, the conflict of the film arises, a conflict that further fleshes out Maggie's world. Inevitably, as citizens are given some freedom in how they choose to handle their infection, some ignore the quarantine mandate. This results in people keeping their infected loved ones hidden in their homes, well past their report-to quarantine date. We see in one especially dour moment when Schwarzenegger comes across an adult and child zombie near his home, and he has no choice but to put them down with an axe. We learn that these zombies were his neighbor's family and that his neighbor's wife had kept them locked up in a house, unable to send them to their deaths. Furthermore, when Schwarzenegger finds the zombie room in his neighbor's home, he sees that the infected husband has written messages on the wall to his wife proclaiming his love for her. This scene is imperative not only to preparing Schwarzenegger for what is in store for his daughter, but the realities of what can happen if people decide to resist the quarantine. We also see the ramifications of ignoring the order to report, as the police periodically check up on infected's progress and in turning, and even take those too far gone from their homes to quarantine centers. This is where Schwarzenegger must decide whether or not to take a stand, either protecting his daughter from those who want to take her, or doing what's best for the community. The moral quandary of doing what's in one's own self-interest or what's in the interest of others' safety isn't exactly a new take, but the ways in which it's employed in Maggie does make Schwarzenegger's character a bit more two-dimensional. Maggie's entire narrative is also complemented by an ideally melancholic score from composer David Wingo. His score adds additional weight to every scene, and feels like an end-of-life lullaby as characters accept their fate given the inevitability of it. While the indie nature of the film is definitely noticeable at times, Maggie largely succeeds at what it sets out to do thanks to its small apocalyptic scale and character-driven focus. The foresight to tell a story within the limits of the film's budget leads to a more engaging narrative rather than lackluster zombie makeup and effects. Rather, it's the film's focusing on the reality that seeing someone you love change slowly over time, making them essentially the living dead, is far more affecting and has the viewer question what they themselves would do in a situation such as this. So if you're looking for an unconventional zombie film with two memorable lead performances, definitely check out Maggie while it's streaming on Tubi TV. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit. And on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.